0: 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, it's the week Canadians usually party, especially if you're a fan of the Canadian Football League. This would have been great cup week. The game was scheduled for Sunday in Regina. Instead, the Rough Riders will host in 2022. Hamilton gets the game next year, and the schedule is out for 2021. And still a lot going on this week. Spirit of Edmonton having a concert on their Facebook page and the Double E Football Team Facebook page over the weekend. We've seen Grey Cup Unite.ca with a lot of festivities online there, and a guy who's taking part in some of those and who analyzes games for us here on 630 Chet, Blake Dermott, checking in. Blake, you're with Reed, how are you
1: doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good, Reed. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, it's good to talk to you, man. And I know we've stayed in touch throughout this uh, this non season and, and still talked some football. But uh, there, there's stuff going on this week, and you're involved too, because aren't you doing a bit of a hot stove here?
1: Well the the hot stove was supposed to be on Sunday and it was supposed to be a live thing but then they they streamed it and um um maybe I'm giving it away or so they they're, they're going to stream it j- during the presentation of the 1980 Grey Cup game on Sunday. So that's already been done but it is it is going to be uh, on the uh the e- the EE e Football Club's uh, website and uh the interview was uh with myself Pache, and uh Darryl Mitchell. Oh Mookie. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, a little, it was interesting. Um, it was, uh, you know, cause I mean, I had played with Hector, but obviously Hector had played in that five in a row team. So he had some, some different uh, perspective on it. And and then I didn't play with Mookie. I, 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 when I was finished, Mookie showed up. So, so it was, uh, it was, it was interesting to just to hear some of the stories from, from all three of us.
0: I had Giz on earlier in the week, and of course I wanted to ask him about the, the missed field goal return in 87, and he told a great story about what he was seeing as he ran that back and how he felt. But he also said what he remembers going into that game in 87 was how sort of kind of ticked off a lot of guys were about having lost in 86 to a Hamilton team that was good but on paper i don't think as good as as good as what you guys had and giz said he remembered kind of leaving the field in 86 and thinking what if i never get back to play in a championship game how, how much did that loss in 86 where i think you guys lost it as much as hamilton wanted how much did that fuel the 87 team
1: well, you know what? I, I think it, it was a lot, but uh, I don't know if it was that that we lost it, uh, that game as much as Hamilton won. Uh, Hamilton played really, really well. I mean, we'd gone into that game, and I think, and I, I'm trying to remember now, but it was like we had not lost to Hamilton 13 games. It had stretched over a period of about five years where at the Eskimos had just pummeled the Tiger Cats, and the Tiger Cats were really good. They probably had arguably the best front seven in the CFL then, and uh, they had some outstanding players, and a number of those guys are going to go into the hall of fame uh, they were really good um and then we also had uh a situation where we had to juggle our offensive line. I'm mean, Leo Blanchard had to go from right guard all the way over to left tackle, and he struggled with that. And we had, uh, because Leo, who was an uh, all-Canadian uh, uh, right guard, uh, gone to left tackle, we had to put uh, a, a fellow named Kurt Chapman in at right guard. So there we were with, uh, and then and then Chappie really struggled in the game, and then we put a guy named David Sparenberg in who was only in his second year. So our offensive line was kind of in shambles. And uh, and we just, you know, defensively, the game was fairly close. It wasn't, uh, they kept us in the game, but we just couldn't do anything offensively because of this outstanding front seven they had and a real patchwork, uh, uh, patchwork offensive line.
0: What was it like having Giz as a teammate? You know, so much attention was paid to him, even though he wasn't, on the field as as much as a lot of guys cuz you know if it was a game maybe there wasn't a lot of kicking or a lot of long drives before there was a kick he wasn't on the field a lot but every, like everybody all the fans were waiting for him to get on the field and return a kick
1: yeah, well, the thing about Giz was he it, it came late in 86. Like He probably didn't show up till more than uh, right around the halfway point of the season. And then so everybody was still getting to know him a little bit by the end of uh, that season. But by the time 87 had come along, we all knew what we had and uh, uh, we knew what kind of energy that he had. And the thing about him was it wasn't so much, you know, game day was was when he he you know he'd touch the ball three times and make some great play twice and uh um you know for we we used to say that he 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 would get the award for uh, the uh, what was it the you know the the- at least <laughs> With the least recognition but the most contribution but except it was it was uh, uh, the other way around you get the most recognition with the least contribution and because uh, he you know he only played so many plays but it was significant what he did uh, he was he, his his the impact that Giz had on our team so much so was in the locker room he was such an entertaining guy he was such a good guy uh, everybody liked him uh, he could light up the room he could do all of those things and and, and yeah he was a uh, phenomenal and a a game breaker and a basically you know they started developing rules because of him you know they couldn't kick the ball straight out of bounds and because 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 nobody wanted to kick to guess by the end of his career but he he uh, he was just such a good teammate and such a good guy in the locker room and and again you know because he got there so late in 86 I don't think we really realized that but by 87 and by you know near the end of uh, 87 I'll never forget we're at the great Cup in 87 and we' were on a bus and we were stuck in a bus going to an event the whole team was sitting on a bus for 45 minutes and him and Don will also just entertained the, the bus for the whole time, and it was people would have paid money to listen to those two guys go at it.
0: <laughs> Look, so so much about 2020 has been. Awful for a variety of reasons. We didn't, and we didn't get a from a pure sports uh, sports perspective, which I know pales in comparison to other stuff. But, but still, you know, that's the large part of what you and I do. And we didn't get a Canadian Football League season. They put out a schedule today, and uh, they they've come out pretty much full force this week with making players. Past and present available for interviews and to fans. And the commissioner Solomon aluminium from the PA was on our show. Uh, I'm going to have Jordan Hoover from the, the Green and Gold on the show tonight. Um, like, how are you feeling? I mean, the league means means so much to you. Does does it? Is it feel good to to actually see a schedule, or are you still kind of feeling a little skeptical about everything? I just want to know where you're at about the state of the league and everything they've tried to do this week.
1: Well, I'm, I'm trying much like the state of the world. Uh, i'm trying to get by from day to day and so from the state of the league the, the league the league still has some challenges we all understand that but i think this is an incredibly positive move by the league and by the organizations to to basically say we are we are planning we are moving ahead here's our schedule this is what we intend to do and and i think things like the vaccines in the near future and and those kinds of things are are, are also positive for for this getting to a point where we can get to some normalcy again Know, but I, but I'm really excited about the fact that they're announcing a league, I, I uh, and, and a schedule for next year. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I can be at every game. Uh, I, I'm excited about that fact. i I'm. I'm we're still waiting to hear what's going to happen with the NHL and all those kinds of things. But the CFL is is basically put, uh, uh, you know, their, their mandate forward and saying that this is what we're going to try to do. And I'm, I'm excited about it.
0: Blake, always appreciate you checking in, man. Of course, we'll have you on Inside Sports in the near future uh, as well. And uh, enjoy the Patriots trying to make a run out of here, eh? (laughs) Yeah,
1: thanks. (laughs) That's.
0: That is Blake Duracek, former member of the double E football team uh, played from 83 to 96. So got a couple of great couple rings and uh, played in a lot of big games along the way. Yeah, that schedule came out. We, we knew it was coming soon. Wasn't sure necessarily it would be this week, but, uh, but they get it out. Pre, uh, preseason games for the double E May 29th. I know I'm looking way ahead here, uh, May 29th. And then on the road, the home games against Calgary at BC. I, 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 I always look. And not just what days the home games are, but what times they're going to start, because I know from doing this job and also being a season ticket holder myself, which I have been since 1997, that there are certain days and times that just are a little more convenient to go to games. Um, here, Here's the one thing I, I, I've heard from a lot of you, and, and this is kind of a consensus thing. I'm sure there are some of you who are like, well, wait a minute, I don't have a problem with that. But but generally I've heard that, that a lot of fans don't like Thursday night home games. Now the league has a Thursday night game, Pretty much every week. I mean, I got the whole schedule in front of me, especially through uh, through the summer. But it's not really until they they get into games in September where there where there aren't games on Thursdays. So teams are going to have to play on Thursdays every once in a while. TSN wants a game on a Thursday, so the double E wind up with with only one Thursday home game, and it does start at seven o'clock. I know the eight p.m. games uh, turn off a lot of people. Just because of how late they are, or maybe if you're coming in a little bit from out of town, you get to drive home really late. So there is only one eight o'clock game. It is on a Friday night. Uh, there are two games Friday at seven. There is one game Friday at seven thirty. There are four home games on Saturday. Two of them start at five. Two of them start at seven thirty. So again, they avoid the eight p.m. starts. It's again the one thing for me is I, I love the Saturday afternoon games. Um, But if if you look through the kind of the CFL schedule as a whole, you don't see a ton of those in any market. Like, Like I'm just kind of glancing through the entire schedule right now. Saturday, September 11th. There's a, what would be a 3 p.m. Central game in Winnipeg when they take on Saskatchewan. So it's not a time slot that is scheduled a lot, and I, and I think TV has something to do that. And if you've ever heard me on Inside Sport, I, th- I think we've got to realize that, that TSN and when they want the games on television plays a huge role in when the games wind up being scheduled. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.